We had a little technical issue at the beginning here. All of a sudden, Blog Talk Radio decided that it didn't like Google Chrome anymore. And it kept telling me I was using Safari when I was using Chrome. Anyways, long story short, we got it fixed. Praise God. So that means there's going to be a good show ahead. So we just bless the Lord for it. And we're going to bring on tonight special guests. But before we do, listen, if you didn't catch last week's show, you really need to catch last week's show. It was called Warning, The Devil is Going to Church. And folks, I'm going to tell you right now, not only is the devil going to church in America and in Europe, but he is going religiously to church, okay? You need to catch out last week's show because it is a warning, but there's also hope in the end of how we can avoid this demonic deception that's going on and keep focused on the prize. And folks, we need to do that because the days are getting dark. And so tonight I'm bringing on Brother Benjamin Baruch to talk about his new book that's just out. And the title of the program is called Revelation for the Remnant because, brothers and sisters, Revelation is out there right now from the Lord. And Brother Benjamin has packed in some very powerful teachings into his new book, and uh, it's full of prophecy, uh, edification, warning. It's the whole thing. And I'm going to tell you what, folks, this thing does not take off slowly. This is a fasten your seatbelts. You better put on the three-point harness. Get your crash helmet on because this thing is going to take off from the very first page to the very end of this book. And so with that, I'm going to bring on Brother Benjamin here with us tonight. Brother Benjamin, are you there? Good evening, Frank. How are you? I'm doing well, brother. God bless. I'm excited that you're coming on because whenever something goes wrong at the beginning, that's a good sign. The devil doesn't want it going, and uh, it's going to be a great show. Uh, When you come down week after week and you use the same exact program, same settings, same everything, and all of a sudden it's just freaking out, well, that's a good good indication that tonight the Lord has something to share. Uh, Brother, you've been busy You've been very busy um, with this book, and we had you on some weeks back, and you shared about uh, what was going on. And, and Benjamin, I kind of just dropped some hints at the beginning. This book is this is zero to sixty in, in about a half a millisecond. Um, you know, my initial introduction to the book is you know someone put the pedal down to the floor and dumped the clutch. That's the way I feel from the first sentence. Well. I'm real excited. I can't wait to get a copy in my hand. It is up on Amazon. Um, a couple people are aware of it. And uh, although I don't think very many people have actually gotten a copy yet, so you know, we'll see the impact once it's out there. But you know, the amazing thing, Frank, is um, when I began the Search the Scriptures series, which was really in, in 2014 with Volume 1, uh, and the Lord commissioned this work. Yeah, he l- spoke to me very clearly, and he said, I want you to begin working on a series of books. It will be a seven-volume set when it's complete, and I want you to call it Search the Scriptures, and volume one will be entitled Out of the Darkness. And I am going to fashion this work as a pillar of righteousness, which I will, I'm going to throw from the heavens to crush the head of the serpent in the lives of my people. 
And brother, that's what these books have done. They literally have crushed Satan's head in the lives of the people that have read one or more of the volumes. In volume one, Out of the Darkness, the very first chapter is Matters of the Heart. And for those who have ever had a chance to listen to that message, and it's out there, you know, it's somewhere in YouTube land, if you can find Matters of the Heart, um, it's powerful, and if you can't find it online, it's in the book, Out of the Darkness, which is volume one. And, you know, each of these volumes that have been coming forth are really the most powerful anointed messages that have come forth by the Holy Spirit, Frank. But as they're translated, literally, to text... And the way these books are coming forth is I am literally listening to the audio and literally dictating it into audio software that transcribes it to text. And then I go back and you know, basically edit it for, for a proper format for a published book because you speak a little differently than, a, than you would write a book. But you know, as I'm doing that, the Holy Spirit is bringing forth forth the sort of a deeper revelation. But Frank, when, when this whole effort began, the Lord was very clear that the, at some point in time, he said, all Christian content will be removed from the Internet. So, you know, if you think of the, all of the YouTube messages that have been brought forth from so many different people, and I think in my case, there's about 300 teachings that are up on the Internet, 300 messages. And on average, you know, we used to do three-hour programs. Now we try to keep it a little briefer than that. But I know somewhere between, I would guess, 700 or more hours. Now, that's a fair amount of time. People don't have time to listen to 700 hours worth of teachings. It would take you a year to pull this off. Well, this series is a written version of the most powerful anointed messages. And, and in um, the Out of the Darkness volume, the very first message we started with was matters of the heart. And frankly, it's kind of fascinating because the Lord would only tell me one little step at a time. You know, he'd tell me the first part of the book is matters of the heart and until i got matters of the heart finished frank he would not tell me what was next and then mm. um the next chapter was dark council and after dark council came the ministry of death and then to end on a very positive note was the message first fruits but that was out of the darkness and then the next volume is you shall know the truth and then the next volume, The Remnant Shall Return, which includes the Return to Zion message, which to our listeners, if you guys have not heard the Return to Zion message, you should absolutely go listen to it. Or you need to get your hands on a copy of one of these on volume three. And, you know, I had no idea the, the sequence or where all this was going. I was literally just following the instructions one step at a time. But as I began to look at the volumes, there was a message in the title. You know, the first volume is Out of the Darkness. And, and when we finally wake up to, to, you know, we come out of our sleep spiritually, and we realize we need to come out of the darkness. 
because the world is in darkness, and much of the church, the Laodicean church is in darkness. The majority of people who claim to be Christians are in darkness. They're on the wide road that leads to ruin, and yet they consider themselves saved. Okay, that's a pretty severe case of darkness. When your Christianity, your version of Christianity, has led you to the congregations of the dead, and when you're literally, when you go to church, what you're being served is a ministry of death, you're in some pretty severe darkness, yet the people believe they're on the narrow way, and in reality they're on the wide road. So when you finally come out of the darkness, it's time to learn the truth. Once the lights are turned on, you shall know the truth. You start being, being redeemed by the Word of God, and once you know the truth, the remnant shall return. Once you figure out the lies that have fallen upon the world, and you realize that you need to come and, and embrace the truth, you finally get the truth inside of your heart, and it's obvious you need to return to the Lord, which is Volume 3, The Remnant Shall Return. And once Volume 3 was completed, the Lord told me Volume 4 would be, I am the door. And Frank, it is no exaggeration, I produced, I finished the first two parts, the first half of volume four, I Am the Door, was completed three and one half years ago this month, and then the anointing stopped. The work stopped. Now, I could have tried to finish the, the work on my own, but that would have been pointless. What am I going to do? I mean, those of you who've read the books, and believe me, if you've read Out of the Darkness, you've probably read it several times, and you probably read it weeping, and every time you pick that book up, it breaks your heart, and it brings an incredible repentance to your soul. Now, I can't read that book without weeping. Every time I open the pages, it's obvious to me, I did not do this. These words came forth by the anointing of the Holy Spirit, I would have never done this on my own. I couldn't have come close to anything like this without the power of the Holy Spirit. But, you know, as you begin to realize that the Lord is doing this work, and how could I finish in the flesh something God had begun in the Holy Spirit? That would be ridiculous. You know, I might as well just go join a Laodicean church and... You know, get myself a Mercedes and, you know, and go back to worshiping mammon in Babylon. But, you know, that, that's just not open to me. God closed that door. I just wouldn't want to go back, and, and nor could I finish the work in, in my own strength. And so, Frank, literally for three and a half years, I just waited. I had no idea I would be waiting three and a half years, but all of a sudden the Lord's like, well, Pick the book up, let's finish. And so, volume four, I am the door. The second half, brother, came out so fast, and the messages are, are frequent listeners. You guys have heard the second half, because it's the, I am the door, it's the door message, and it's the Church of Laodicea message. Although there is some content added that is quite powerful, but the first half of the message... The first half of Volume 4 was actually written three and a half years ago. Frank, when I went back and, 
and reread the first half of the book that had already been finished. I was blown away. I had forgotten this material even existed, and it blew, it blew me away how powerful it is because the reality is Volume 4, I Am the Door, is literally an introduction to the ministry of Jesus Christ as the Lion of Judah and the incredible victory, the deliverance and the victory that is going to come in the lives of his remnant during the Great Tribulation. And as you mentioned, it's so powerful and it's so encouraging of our faith. And that's why I am telling you, the enemy has pulled the stops out to try to get the book blocked from even being published. I have never seen this much trouble getting a book published through Amazon. It was one issue after another. Problem with the cover, problem with the text, problem with the font, problem, problem, problem. I uploaded, uploaded, uploaded. For a solid week, I kept trying to get that book published, only to be frustrated day after day after day. I mean, finally got the prayer you know, warriors involved. You guys, we've got to pray this through. The enemy is blocking this word from coming forth. And, and so we have overcome. And, you know, I'm delighted. There's, there's one f- official comment up on Amazon. And, and the one reader wrote, This book is relevant for your spiritual journey and for the things that are coming to pass in the physical world. And if you are in fear for your future or if you have any doubt about God being in control, this is the book for you. Do not fear, do not doubt, because our God is very much in charge. And, and I would say absolutely, Volume 4 is a testimony to the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ, as God Almighty, and as the mighty Lion from the tribe of Judah, He will be in charge of every single detail in the time known as the Great Tribulation, because this is the Day of the Lord. It's not the Amen. day of the enemy, you know, which Satan came out with all this garbage to try to convince the church he was going to be in charge of the final period of time on this planet, and, you know, the church would just have to disappear, you know, they were all going to disappear, and then Satan was going to rule the day until the very last day when Jesus would return, and the kingdom would be restored. But nothing could be further from the truth. The Lord is going to Amen. rule in his well, brother, day. You, you know what I wanted? I we realize now that we're getting to finally jump into something that's in this book. Brother, let's let's have a word of prayer because <laughs> this show tonight was birthed by blessing. <laughs> I'll tell you, when I started, we started fighting, and it just seems like everything you've tried to do uh, with this book has come via a struggle. Uh, the good news is when the baby is born, the pain is forgotten because the joy is so overwhelming. So, Brother, lead us in some prayer. Amen. Thank you, Father. Lord, we look to you. Lord, this work is consecrated to you. Lord, it's been done in your name, and it's for your kingdom and for the blessing of your remnant. And I pray that your hand would, would come upon this time, Lord, that your spirit would come upon Frank, in in my voice, that your power would overshadow the lives of our listeners, and that, Lord, your word of truth would go forth to accomplish the purposes for which you've sent it. I plead the blood of Jesus over every 
aspect of this program, this teaching, even the archive message. I pray it would be blessed, and I pray it would resonate with the power of the living Word of God, the real Word, unto the deliverance and salvation of many, and that, Jesus, you would be glorified, Lord, because this is your day, in which your name is going to be lifted up, and in which you will show yourself to be the mighty deliverer of your people, and as the righteous judge of eternity upon the nations of the world. So, Lord, bless, consecrate, anoint. And, Lord, hold us close to your heart. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Benjamin, I was wondering, yes, brother, you had, you had shared with me earlier, and, and I don't want, you know, obviously to share this. It's in the book, and I... And I Folks, I feel that you you need to read this book, and um, I you know I, we don't promote a lot of books on this uh, channel very sometimes once in a while, but this one's good. But there's there's some prophecy in this book, and brother, I I know you came across. I was wondering if you could share just how you you kind of not too far into this book you share something that you kind of stumbled across uh, that was given to you. Uh, not the details of necessarily what's in it, but how you came across this a few years back. Yeah, three and a half years ago. Um, yeah, it was just the beginning of fall. We were just entering into fall. It was like late November, mid-November, and the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to gather together the remnant from northern Montana for a meeting. And so... Uh, I did, and I and I took off in my in my rig, and I headed up to northern Montana, and and um, on the way, Frank, the Lord began speaking to me things that I had never heard in my life, things that were so incredible. I, I was thinking to my, you know, am I hearing correctly? You know, this is amazing. You know, God was talking about how He was going to wrap his people, in his name, that, that we weren't just going to come in his name, that he was going to wrap his name around the lives of his remnant, that we would actually be living in his name, and he would send us forth in the power of his name, and where we went, his name was going to go, and where his name was going to go, his power was going to come. And uh, he was blowing my mind, Frank. The things he was saying he was going to do. And then I get to Montana... And this small little group of remnant saints that God had gathered together, and one of them says to me, I was cleaning out my attic today. I don't know why, I was just going through my attic, and I found an old crate, and, and in it was this prophecy. I hadn't seen this in years, and as soon as I saw it, I thought, I'm supposed to give it to you. <laughs> and they gave it to me, and I start reading it, and it's stuff that God had been saying to me driving in the car. That was so incredible, and I'm thinking, wow, I'm... I literally was so blown away by some of what I heard, I thought, you know, is this real? I never heard anything like this before. And so that is the, um, the first part of the book, is the, the coming total redemption of God's people. And, um, you know, if I could, with some of the time that's left, maybe share a little bit of it with the audience, Frank? Amen, Would brother. Yes, please. Yes. Yeah, hallelujah. You know, there's a scripture, you guys, and if you've been, like, paying attention, um, you know, and 
really there's a lot to learn, so, you know, our memories are challenged. But, you know, there's a scripture, and it's in Second Samuel in chapter 23, and he, these are the final words of King David, and they're a prophecy of the coming of the anointed remnant springing forth out of the earth on a day of clear shining. And, you know, it's a prophecy literally of the birth of the remnant. And at one point, King David says, you know, this is all of my salvation. This is in Second Samuel 23. Um, you know, they'll show it is time for the light of the morning to break through. And I think back to Frank when I had two angels in my bedroom, one, and they were literally speaking audibly, and they sounded like trumpets, which I've never heard angels trumpet and words come out, only it's like musical words, and I can't make the sound of a trumpet very well to begin with, and I certainly can't speak English through the sound of a trumpet, but these angels can. And not only do they trumpet beautifully, but the, the language within the sound of the trumpet is amazing. And the, these two angels trumpeted, do you know what time it is? And then the next angel spoke and said, it is time for the light of the morning to break through. And, and that phrase, the light of the morning... To break through is only in your Bible in one place. That would be 2 Samuel chapter 23, the final words of King David. And it talks about the light of the morning breaking through in the second half of the ministry of Jesus Christ when he comes as God in his people and in, on a day of clear shining without clouds. The life of Jesus is going to spring up out of the earth just like the little sprout springs forth from the root of Jesse in Isaiah chapter 11, and David goes on and he says, and this is all of my salvation. This is the total revelation of our salvation that's about to be unveiled. And then King David says, though he makes it yet not to grow. And so the experience of the saints throughout the ages, both under the Old Covenant that the true ecclesia, who were the true spiritual Israel, and then also under the new covenant that included the Gentiles who got grafted in, who've been born again by the, by the power of the name of Jesus and by repentance and, and having been renewed unto life and have received the life of Jesus within them. And, and those of you who are listening to me and who you know you are born again, you've received the life of Jesus and you've tasted of the heavenly fruit, and you've received the anointing, yet God has made it not to grow. We haven't entered into the fullness yet. We're still wrestling with the issues of the flesh, and, and we're still walking it out, and we're still overcoming, and we're still battling in prayer, and we're still having to deal with the walking it out. But there is coming a day when God's going to make it grow. And it's not just going to grow, it's going to explode. It's not just coming in a small anointing. This latter-day rain is a tsunami, a thousand feet tall. This is the presence of God Almighty coming in His anointed remnant as Almighty God. It's not going to be Jesus coming as a man or Jesus coming as a lamb. It's Jesus coming as God and Jesus coming as the Lion of Judah. And he's coming with two agendas, to deliver his holy remnant and then to execute the judgment which has been written. 
And if it sounds serious, if I seem serious to you, it's because what is coming is serious. And for the wicked, it is serious trouble. For the apostate church, it's going to be a serious fire. And for the holy remnant, for the anointed remnant, for the little flock, the little outcasts, people that nobody else wanted, and the Lord said, I'll take them, and I'm going to make them my remnant. For that little remnant, it's going to be a time of incredible deliverance, a time of healing and restoration, and it's going to be a time of an outpouring such as never has been. And so let me just share a little bit of some of the coming total redemption of the church when God makes the anointing begin to grow into its fullness in the remnant of his people. A total redemption of the remnant of God is coming upon this earth, and the Holy Spirit is even now unveiling this mystery to his people. This mystery was sealed and hidden within the prophetic writings through the unsearchable wisdom of God from the ages past. Jesus himself prophesied of the coming redemption of the people of God, saying, when you see these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption is drawing nigh. Most people assumed that the complete redemption of the elect of God would await the day when we would meet the Lord in the sky. But the mystery of Jesus Christ now being revealed and unveiled by the Holy Spirit and being confirmed by the witness of Holy Scripture is that the total redemption of the people of God will first be revealed upon the earth within the remnant who are to be delivered in this hour, and this glory shall be revealed within the first fruit company of saints who will manifest an anointing without measure which was prophesied to come as the outpouring of the latter day rain in which it will come forth in the day when the Son of Man is revealed and that's from Luke 17. The prophetic word of God contains the mystery of the revelation of Jesus Christ which has been sealed throughout the millennium. For it could not be known or understood through the mind of the flesh. Therefore it has never been discovered or understood by those who perceive the word of God only through the knowledge of men, or who try to understand the scriptures only through the knowledge of good and evil. The ark of the testimony of Jesus Christ in heaven is about to be fully opened before the end of the age, and the true testimony of God will be revealed upon the earth. The unsealing of the living testimony of Jesus Christ will unveil the revelation of the true and everlasting gospel of the kingdom, and this will occur alongside the sounding of the trumpets, to awaken the nations. For God is going to unseal the revelation of His Son Jesus, even as heaven's trumpets sound the alarm of war to warn the nations that the day of God's judgment has begun. 
And then if I'm a little too loud, if I'm blowing out your speakers, please forgive me. Preach it, brother. But I am so on fire because I, as I began to read this message, I began to realize what God's going to do in us. Here's a, here's a short quote from the actual prophecy that was handed to me. And this prophecy was written in 1619, you guys. This was 400 years ago. This came forth, and it was so incredible that the church could not even receive it. And as a result, it was sort of just disregarded. And to tell you the truth, certain Christian leaders who are Christian watchmen, or I don't know, whatever you want to call these people, people that write books and, and, and teach as well, certain of those men have seen some of this material, and they've thrown me under the bus. They can't even believe this is real because this is so outside their little dispensational. Of course, these are guys that are locked into the, to the wisdom that was published 200 years ago. And we know from the scriptures that the prophecies are going to be sealed until the very time of the end. So obviously what God's going to unseal is going to be a little different than what they wrote about in the year 1830, right? I mean, that only stands to reason, in my opinion. But here's a brief sentence from the prophetic writing itself, uh, which is in the book. Authority shall be given by Jesus to bring an end to the controversy regarding the character of the true church that is born of the new Jerusalem in heaven. The true church is born from heaven. This decision will be the actual, it'll be through the actual sealing of the body of Christ. Within the name. And that's exactly what God has told me. I'm sealing you within my name. I am going to cover you with my name. The true remnant are going to get sealed within the name of God and be given the authority of God, giving them the, com the commission to act by the same. This new name and authority that God is going to give to the remnant church will distinguish them from the 7,000 names of all the false churches of Babylon. And I think people got kind of mad when they realized this message is pretty much saying that all the other churches um, are full of error. I hate to break it to you, but if you're not walking in the fullness of the anointing, you're walking in the flesh. There's no Switzerland in the spirit world. You are either in the anointing or you are in the mind of the flesh, and there's no in-between people. And I hate to break it to you, but the church in America is fast asleep. They are spiritually fat, and they are really, for the most part, the Laodicean nation. And it's not going to end well for the majority of believers. Now, I'm not saying they lose their salvation. I'm just saying they're not going to enjoy where they're going. But there's a remnant that's going to be delivered. You know, and look... The, these are not my messages. I am not the Lord. I didn't decide this. I'm merely the messenger boy, and I'm merely announcing what is about to happen. And God's decision in this matter is final. He's bringing forth his judgment on the false churches of America. While at the same time, he's going to unveil the revelation of the true church to an actual sealing of the remnant within and through the power of Jesus' name. This sealing 
within the power and the name of God will unveil the revelation of the very nature of Jesus Christ as the true Son of God who has now first come again within his people. Now, who is going to get sealed into this remnant? The people who've been poured out, the people that have repented, the people who have been, they've had their lives purged, the people in, in whom pride has been destroyed. There's no pride left in the remnant. They know who and what they are without the Lord. Most of them are just like completely, they don't even understand how they got saved. Because they're not worthy and they know it. And as a result, they kneel at heaven's door. They patiently wait for the Lord. They've humbled themselves. In Second Chronicles chapter 7, you know, verse 14, the verse everybody loves to quote, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and heal their land. Okay, something is not working here in America, because a lot of Christian leaders have been running around having revivals and meetings and prayer for America, and the people have been praying, the people have been calling on his name, People have been trying to turn from their wicked ways. I would su submit to you that the part we missed was the people have not humbled themselves. And that's the prerequisite Amen. to returning to the Lord. Pride is an abomination. It's actually the first sin that was committed when it was found in the heart of Lucifer. And it contaminated his entire nature, and he turned into Satan, because pride is a spiritual cancer that contaminates everything he touches. And that's why, in order to return to Zion, we've got to turn away from the, from the cities of pride. We've got to humble ourselves. And that is, Jesus said of himself, I am meek, I am humble, learn of me. And so the true nature of Jesus is going to be revealed within a remnant who've already been purged in the fire. You guys who are in the remnant, you know what I'm talking about. Job's life reminds you, it's a picture of this remnant. They've been poured out. They've lost everything. Their health, their wealth, their families, their children, everything they loved, everything they ever dreamed, everything they ever hoped for, it was all burned to the ground. And they had nothing. These are people who lived in the Valley of Dry Bones. These are people who walked through this purging, and something changed in them. And that deceitfulness of pride was somehow purged out of them, and suddenly they became humble before the Lord. And suddenly the Lord was all they had left. They didn't have anything in Babylon. It had already burned. And so they became willing to humble themselves, even as Jesus was humble. Now, John wrote the book of Revelation towards the end of the first century, about 80 years following the birth of Jesus Christ, when he when Jesus first came as a man to walk among us, 
in the book of Revelation, John prophesied of the birth of the man-child in Revelation chapter 12, in which at the time of the end, the Son of Man would be revealed in his people only this time, coming in the lives of a holy and an anointed remnant as God before he comes in the clouds. He's not coming among us as a man this time, but the second half ministry of Jesus Christ which this book it begins to announce as the second half of the seven year or the seven volume set rather of the of the search the scriptures series this book is sort of a an announcement and an introduction to the second half ministry of Jesus as the lion of Judah in which as he prophesied as he revealed in the words of his prophets in Malachi, the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come into the temple, the new temple, which is the very messengers of the covenant. This is the temple the Lord built for himself. The living temple built with living stones that would bear the very life of Jesus within their hearts. Born again totally the complete redemption, God finally bringing it to fulfillment during the Great Tribulation. What a time. God's entering into judgment with the wicked. He's entering into judgment with the nations. He's entering into judgment in his own house first. And you guys should know that judgment begins in the house of God. And if, it's, if the righteous are scarcely saved, where? will the ungodly and the sinners appear. And, you know, to that I would add, and where will the Laodiceans appear? And where will all of the people walking in compromise, where are they going to appear? Or better yet, where will they be disappearing? Because they're not going to be with us much longer, brothers and sisters. You know, and, and that kind of makes them mad. I mean, they—they, I got a lot of people mad at me already from this book. And I literally, it really, honestly, when the book got published, within an hour, the attacks began. People started contacting me, and you know, I can't believe you know you're not hearing from God. You know, you're in error. You know, how dare you speak such a, you know, such a message? What, what authority do you have for this word? I mean, I'm not kidding you. I got blasted, you guys, and it really. Honestly, I was exhausted. I've been working almost around the clock for two weeks to finish the book. And as soon as it's up, I'm like so happy. And then, bam, I get slammed down by Satan. He swats me down. One of a close friend just rebuked me viciously. And I was like heartbroken to tell you guys the whole story there. And, you know, I mean, it, it hurt. And, you know, after about, I don't know, I got tired of hurting. So I finally went and prayed about it. I'm like, Lord, you know. I just finished your book, and they're already, they hate me. And the Lord spoke to me and said, this is your Nazareth moment. This is just like when Jesus stood up in Nazareth, ready to announce his ministry. And the Lord is announcing the ministry of the Lion of Judah, here and now, people. And guess what happened? Same thing in the synagogue in Nazareth. They want to kill me. <laughs> like, well, okay, a few of them do for sure. I'm telling you, they don't like this message. Why? It totally exalts the Lord. It unveils what he's about to do. What's the problem? It's not going to play well in Laodicean land. I guess that's the problem. But, you know, this is what's in the Word. 
the messenger of the covenant, the remnant that's going to be anointed. You know, these are these are the vessels the Lord prepared. The vessels who've been chosen and prepared by the Lord for the second half of the seven-year ministry of Jesus. The what? How did everybody miss the fact that the confirmation of the covenant for seven years was the ministry of Messiah and the fact that the Antichrist confirms the false covenant for seven years, the covenant of death, and I'm talking about Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, but the fact that the Antichrist is going to do this as a counterfeit of the real, doesn't it kind of point out the obvious that there's also a real covenant? There's a covenant of life. Not just the covenant or the, you know, the covenant of death. There's also a covenant of life. And, and guess what? There's a Messiah who confirms the covenant of life. And, and you know who he is? He's the king of kings. And it's his job to confirm the true covenant. And guess what? He's going to confirm it for seven years, just like it says in Daniel 9. He shall confirm the covenant for one week, for seven years. And... And after three and a half years, in the midst of the week, he will stop the daily sacrificing. After Jesus fulfilled his three and a half year ministry as the Lamb of God, 40 years later, bang, end of the sacrifice, end of the temple, end of the nation, end of the world as far as Israel was concerned. But here at the end of the age, the Lord brought him back from the dead. But, you know, why this is all such a secret to the church? Look, I understand that people didn't see it. Okay, fine, great. That's why the men of wisdom have come, to point out the mysteries of the Scripture. But once it's been explained, why can't they understand the truth? Look, I didn't figure it out, okay? I'm not any smarter than you. The Lord told me, I have a seven-year ministry in the earth, and I am only half finished. And I'm like, whoa, where's that in the Bible? Daniel 9:27. Whoa, who would have thought of that? Okay, none of us would have thought of that. But the Lord has revealed it to us. Who can receive the truth in this hour? The chosen ones who've been appointed to be part of this second half of the ministry of Jesus have already walked through fires which no man could endure. And through those fires, the mind of the flesh in the lives of these holy servants has been reduced to ashes. The preparation of God's remnant people is pictured by the prophetic meaning of the life of Job, who after the fires of his trials ended, he lamented, let the day perish wherein I was born, and the night in which it was said, a man-child has been conceived. And Job's referring to his own birth as a time when a man-child was born is a prophetic reference or a metaphor of the suffering and the purging that would accompany the, the lives of the ones who would be born in fulfillment prophecy of the man child in Revelation 12. And, you know, another thing people got real mad at me about, Frank, is I brought out the fact, and again, this is from the Lord, this is not Benjamin's teaching, that the remnant has been called to sit on the Davidic throne. I'm not making that up. Jesus said, to him who overcomes, you can sit on my throne with me, 
even as I sat on my father's throne when I overcame. Well, you know what throne he's sitting on? He's sitting on the Davidic throne. That's how much the Lord loved King David. He, he like, wrote David's name on his own throne, okay? So David really was the beloved of the Lord. And, you know, and the remnant, we're being called to sit on the Davidic throne. Out of the remnant church will come forth those who have been appointed by God to rule upon David's throne in the last days. This truth has been hidden by God, sealed up within the prophetic writings from the time of the prophets. You know, the words of Isaiah reveal the birth of another son who would come forth as a branch out of the very root of Jesse, which is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. The branch which shall soon spring forth is a picture of the anointed ones about to be born into the fullness of the power of the Spirit of God in the image of Jesus Christ, who himself is the root of the tree. Hallelujah! And so the branch shall come forth. You know, just, just a couple more comments from this prophetic word that I was given. I'll just quote, A prophet and the most prophetic generation shall be raised up by the Most High, who will deliver his people by the force of spiritual arms. Hey, there's a war coming, you guys. Did you know that? Did anybody tell you there's going to be a little war here? Okay, a big war is about to be fought. The last battle of the greatest war that's been raging for 6,000 years, the final battle is coming. And guess what? God is going to deliver his people through the power of spiritual arms. For there must be raised up certain head persons who will bear the first office upon these persons, upon persons who are held in high favor with God. These are God's favorite little guys. They're kind of like David to the Lord. And the dread and the fear of them will come upon all nations because of the mighty power of the Holy One, which shall soon be revealed upon them. For Christ himself shall appear in these chosen ones to bring his people into the promised land and into the new creation state. And here's how it's going to work, my friends. The anointing without measures coming upon the 144,000 and upon the two witnesses and the seven shepherds revealed in the book of Micah. And then guess what they're going to do? They're going to go and get the remnant and they're coming for you. And then they're going to lay hands on you. And that anointing is going to be transferred to you. And you're going to receive the anointing without measure as well. And within the entire camp of the righteous, during the end of the Great Tribulation, the people will be glowing. And the Shekinah glory of God, during the 150 days of darkness, the Shekinah glory of the Lord will be the light in the wilderness. And so for the remnant, there is nothing to Fear. Joseph is a type of the remnant, and he received a double portion anointing. And so, too, the remnant today will receive a double portion. Joseph was blessed with blessings from eternity unto blessings that extend to eternity future. One of the blessings that was pronounced by Jacob on the life of Joseph, which shall now be inherited in the remnant of God's people, is the blessing of the deep. And it's the blessing of deep matters of the heart. 
where deep cries out to deep. And this deep wisdom is only found in the deep places of the earth. And it's only discovered after you pass through deep trials. And it's only understood after the pouring out of a harp following a time of deep sorrow or after you've been delivered from the purging power of intense fires. It's only within those deep places where the blessing comes forth after a season of pain where deep cries out to deep. And so deep blessings resonate with deep wisdom, and they bring forth deep understanding and knowledge, along with a profound appreciation for the salvation and the deliverance of the Lord. And so in the lives of the remnant, because of the fires they've endured, because of the pouring out and the purging and the sorrow and the suffering, they have learned in in a deep and profound place the fear of Almighty God which is the beginning of wisdom. And that wisdom is being birthed in the remnant, and it causes us to obey. And it causes us to stand in awe of God and to sin not. And so those fires were used to make ready a people upon whom the favor of God would come at the end of the age even as God's favor was upon David, and even as the Lord's favor was upon Joseph. Now, Joseph didn't appear to be favored when his brothers conspired to murder him, and then they settled on the thought of selling him into slavery. They threw him in a pit. They ignored his cries, and they sold him as a slave, and so he was taken to the land of Mitzrayim, which is Egypt in Hebrew. And there he was sold. And from there he went to the prisons in Egypt. You know, Joseph did not appear to be favored of God as he passed through a trial that lasted for decades in which he was poured out and emptied out. And it speaks of Joseph as having been separated unto God. And when he was finally purified and ready for the ministry that he had been appointed to give or to receive from the Lord, At that point, a crown was placed on his head, and Joseph was given authority to rule in the place of Pharaoh. So, too, the remnant, if you can receive the truth, the remnant is going to be lifted up like Joseph. And there's going to be a crown placed on their head, and they're going to be given a signet ring by the king, and a staff of authority will be in their hand. And they will be given the authority to rule in this time, in the place of the great king who promoted them to sit with him on his throne. And if that angers you, then you got a problem, brother. Because God ain't changing his word just because you don't like it. You know, we either get yes and amen in line with God's word or get out of the way because the Lord's coming, and he's coming soon. And we either get in line with the Lord or we get removed. Amen. You know, the scripture is very clear. The wicked will be uprooted out of the earth, and the righteous shall remain. That word is yathar. It means to leave a holy remnant behind. And so the Lord is going to have a witness through the end of days. A little righteous remnant is going to be walking in the fullness of the anointing, 
They're going to receive the complete redemption, and this is going to happen in this earth at the same time that the wicked are turned over to darkness without measure, and at the same time that God's judgments are upon the heathen nation, so the Lord's favor and his blessing and his healing and an outpouring of an anointing without measure will be upon the camp of the righteous. And it's even more cool than that, because Jesus himself is going to come down. He's going to visit the camp. <laughs> He's going to hide himself. You won't know you were talking to the Lord, maybe. He might, not, he might let you know, but he might not. But the Lord's going to actually visit his little remnant saints because he's so excited for this little group of people that, you know, really, these are not these superstar people. This little remnant, you know, these are the people that were the throwaway church. These are the people that, you know, the world, they weren't worthy of the world, and, and really a lot of them weren't even welcome at church. They were the we outcasts. Four, four minutes left, Benjamin. Amen, brother. You know, mm-hmm. the little remnant, they were the, they were the lame and the disabled and, and, and the brokenhearted. And, you know, when the father gave the invitation to the wedding feast and everyone else was too busy in Babylon to even hear the announcement or they, they didn't have time to respond, and so the father said, you know what, go out on the highways. Get me the homeless and get me the broken ones and, and bring me a remnant who will make a living temple for my son, and I will call them my little holy remnant, and they will be the crowns. They will be the the precious jewels in my crown that I lift up at the end of the age to glorify myself, and I'm going to do it in a crowd of people that the world was not worthy of, and neither was the church. And so, hallelujah, the Word of Truth Amen. is coming forth, and soon the Word of God is coming forth. Get ready, folks, because ready or not, here it comes. Amen. Amen, folks. Luke, look, you can check out the show links underneath the description. We've got a link up to Brother Benjamin's book. Uh, please get it. Check it out. This is, And he's got, even though he started it three and a half years ago, there is such actual current revelation things you're going to notice. Wow, I just heard that that Benjamin just updated right as he published the book. And so this thing is truly hot off the presses. You're going to want to share it and and, uh, share with a friend because this is an eye-opener, a wake-up call, a get-ready. Folks, I don't care what your theology is. Truthfully, our theology will be about as good as nothing when everything falls apart because at that moment we'll either be relying upon the Lord or we'll be relying upon nothing. And last time I checked, the flesh is not going to save anybody. Brother Benjamin, God bless you so much for coming on to this tonight. Thanks for sharing a powerful word. Folks, check out Brother Benjamin's book on Amazon. The link's here. You can find it. It is called I Am the Door, and it's a part of the Search the Scripture series, Volume 4. Check it out. We will talk to you next time. This is Brother Frank and Brother Benjamin on the Remnant Call saying to everybody, good night and shalom.